Good morning, good evening, and good day, Melbourne. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is Kieran Stevenson. Yes. Hello, Kieran. Hi. Brace yourselves for weakness for bleakness. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you're spent. Well, just to come, Captain said, the iceberg's only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison of the boiling skies, everyone their own damn spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, 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 no. What have we got in the news today, Kieran? Uh, I will get to my headline, my first headline in a second. I want to ambush you with a, ah! with a segment uh, idea, right? <laughs> oh, no. Which we can cut if oh, it's shit. No, spontaneity, my uh, natural enemy. I'm going to tell you some of the people that I'm following on Twitter. This is uh, based on our continued sort of interest uh in heroes and who you should oh yeah okay. like and not like all right so i'm just going to tell you a few of the people that i'm following on twitter and you're going to tell me whether you think they're good or bad and my answers are, are kind okay. of engineered for specifically our perspective and what i think you would enjoy all right they're all men because uh the women that i follow on twitter tends to be like pretty reasonable and not disappointing <laughs> so far i'm sure that they're out there but uh, all right, let's let's go. So some of these are good, some of these are bad. Scott Ludlum. Scott Ludlum, uh, good. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's all right. Uh, Bernie Sanders. Mostly good. Yeah, basically what you'd expect. Everybody's dad, uh, Adam Lior, who hosted... I don't know if you know who that is. I have, I think, a very... Is he the chef? Yes, yeah, the uh, Japanese-Australian chef. Oh, no, Adam, sorry, he's not Japanese. His wife is Japanese. He's Vietnamese, I think, isn't he? Maybe. Anyway, he, I'm going to say, is good. Very good. One of my favourites. Love, uh, love Adam. All right, uh, here we go. Armando Iannucci. Amazing. Eh. Really? Yes. Oh. See, this is where we get into the into the... The weeds a little bit. He's oh, not bad. No. He's not bad, but he's not nearly so good as you'd expect. He's a little bit focused on Trump in a kind of uninteresting, tedious joke kind of way, mostly, unfortunately. Uh, Doug Stanhope. Uh, Stanhope, I can see being bad. He's all right. Really? Middling. Not as exciting as you would expect, kind of. I suppose tweeting probably doesn't interest him that much. He tweets a fair bit. He's really? on Twitter a fair bit, but it's, you know, he's not crafting jokes or anything there. Uh, only good reactionary in the world, famed Simpsons writer John Swartzwelder. Bad. It is bad, but not because of his opinions, just because he only tweets quotes from his books <laughs> <laughs> and tries to get people to buy them. Uh, Andy Richter. Andy Richter. Bad. It's pretty good. Is he? I mean, he's not fantastic, but he's pretty good. This is a difficult segment. I know, right? Uh, last one, uh, Robert Webb from Peep Show. Robert Webb, I'd say he'd be good. Nah. Really? Bad. What does he he's, do? He's, uh, so, he was all right when he was just posting about uh, his book about not being, you know, rejecting traditional masculinity. 
Yeah. Fine. Lately, he's just mostly been posting posting rabidly anti-Corbyn shit uh, because he's really hung up on how much he hates Corbyn. And what the main thing that you get from uh, from his Twitter is that he's way more posh and middle class than fucking David Mitchell <laughs> by a long stretch. He's a fucking avowed Blairite. Goodness. Yeah. So that's my that's my segment. Well, there you go. From the Never mouths take of anything for granted. Kieran's and Stevenson's. Yeah. I ran through it quickly because I didn't want to chew up so much time. And then I realized <laughs> that I should have probably balanced it so that I wasn't then immediately heading into one of my headlines. But here we are. Uh, first headline. Get two jobs. Top property lobbyists advice for people struggling to pay rent. Uh, this is in an article for... The Sydney Morning Herald by Michael Koziol. Ah, Channel 9, the uh, <clears throat> sort of complimentary coffee table book. Yep, yeah. So, basically, uh, this Mr. Gunning, who uh, writes... Who, who is the head of, like, some fucking real estate group bullshit that uh, pretends to be impartial, uh, has... He, yeah, he's like, we're an independent body that just provides impartial advice to government and uh, industry people. He said that people who are complaining about uh, rent prices should just get two jobs and get on with it. From the job bucket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The jobs that are out there, they're there to pick up, so why not pick up the jobs? He has labelled millennials generation selfish for complaining they could not <laughs> afford to buy property in Sydney and Melbourne and says, more and more we are seeing a victim mentality associated with the high cost of property, yet this generation selfish sees widescreen TVs, designer clothes, international holidays and eating out as everyday essentials, Mr Gunning wrote. I mean, that's not true. No, it's not true. Maybe true of his children, because he's rich. Yeah, it's 100% true of his children. It's irritating when people loathe their own kids, their own gross reactionary kids, and then fucking ascribe the values that they've instilled onto vulnerable young minds as a representative <laughs> of the youth as a whole. Uh, yeah, the worst part about this article is he's like, there's not a rental affordability crisis. People should just stop complaining. And then at the end, now's the time to lock your rent in. Because I'm of the opinion that in 18 months' time, when demand outstrips supply, you're going to see rents really climb. What we'll see then is the tenant really starting to squeal. So, not only is he gross in denying the existence of any housing crisis already, he then completely undercuts his thesis by like, you'll know when the housing crisis hits in a year and a half. I mean, that is then a, you'll be fucked. That is a nice twist to put on it. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's got like a part of his foot on the plate, I suppose. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Is there a crisis, do you think, Mr. Gunning? And then him coming out and being like, <laughs> not yet. No, no, there's, there's not a crisis. Make no At mistake. At the moment, uh, you're being soft <laughs> yeah. and entitled. Next year, though, next year, I yeah. feel bad for you. <laughs> when we get, when we get to phase two of our plan. <laughs> Then oh, there'll be a crisis. Boy, would I not want to be poor when that shit goes <laughs> off. Oh, you foolish people. Yeah. That's the mistake you made. Be this is what it all keeps coming back to with these idiots. Mm. Your system doesn't work. It's shit. Well, be rich then. Yeah. Get two jobs. Meaning <laughs> meaning that we need double the jobs we have now, basically. Or, well, it's not everybody. So let's say we need an extra 20% of jobs that people can get. They have to live outside of the city 
Uh, so we need jobs in regional places, which, as we all know, are easy to come by. Yeah, uh, H- hence the continued influx of rural young people into the metropolitan centres. Yeah, it's fucked on a few levels. Uh, but nothing new. No, no, it's just a classic case of somebody who's done all right for himself, not giving a flying fuck about anybody mm. else, basically, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's just insulting. Obviously, I have been overseas internationally recently, so I'm I'm in no position to talk about this shit. Uh, it was a very cheap holiday, but still. Uh, I, I have not paid for a TV in a <clears> long time. The TV we have here freebie from from a friend of ours the clothes that i'm wearing collectively i think cost less than 50 dollars, except for my shoes which i got for a job that i had to take (laughs) when i was working two jobs the clothes that you have on are kind of a picture oh yeah the listeners at home kieran has got a hawaiian shirt and a cardigan yeah because why not because if i just wear the t-shirt i look like fucking slavoj zizek so i have to Make it a you little bit more presentable. A disturbingly Slavonic intellectual kind of appearance, be- I must say. It's because I'm lazy. <laughs> Too lazy to get a haircut or to shave regularly. It's wonderful. Anyway, that's my headline. <laughs> Got too navel gazy too quickly. Uh, that's okay. Darcy, I what's have your headlines? first headline? Bill Shorten is. <laughs> <clears throat> So, since the uh, leadership spill has taken place, this story I should uh, should stress as comes to us from the conversation, and it's uh, penned by none other than Michelle Grattan. So it's pretty pretty safe territory. Yep. Um, the coalition is still trailing Labour by uh, forty four to fifty six percent in two party preferred terms. Mm-hmm. So they're doing horrifically badly. Yeah. Um, pretty much an unbridgeable gap, to be yeah. honest. Except somehow, mysteriously, Bill Shorten has fallen behind Scott Morrison as preferred prime minister. Unbelievable. Um, when Morrison first stepped into the job, Shorten had a six-point lead on him. Mm. Somehow, that has completely reversed. Mm-hmm. And now Morrison has a six-point lead on Shorten. Yeah. I'm not even cross. That's just really funny. <laughs> it is. It is funny. It's also damning. Like, I try very hard every day to be like, don't be stuck up about people at large, Kieran. Don't don't underestimate people's intelligence just because they appear at first to be easily led <laughs> morons. But then all Scott Morrison has been doing to build this lead has been going out with his fucking Cronulla Sharks hat on. And well, like, yes, essentially exhibit signs of life is all you yeah. need to do for people to think you're a better candidate than Bill Shorten. Exactly. Is have a pulse. And Scott Morrison does not have much of a fucking pulse. No, he's the most <laughs> disingenuous caricature of what a fucking posh elite dude thinks the average Australian is like. There was a bit where he was like, oh, I'm not going to come out here and pretend to know one end of the sheep from the other. <laughs> it's like, it's got that weird trifecta of like somehow being like a fake aphorism that he's just made <laughs> up and then being a public amish- admission of like dire stupidity, <laughs> but somehow sitting right in the pocket of appealing to people and then just being like, oh yeah, mate, fucking sharkies. Uh, I don't know one end of the sheep from the other either. 
It makes no sense. I, I literally can't really analyse this headline <laughs> than just to say Bill Shorten is just the most incredibly shit mm, yeah. <laughs> party leader. He makes Simon Crean look like Winston Churchill, but <laughs> that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Can I just the la- add something to the end? Yeah. I don't know it. how much of this is pessimism and, like, self-sabotage, but I am getting the few panic wobbles of, like, what if the libs pull this around? I don't, like... Uh, on paper, they shouldn't be able to. On paper, it should be, like, that- a big labour wash. Ooh. But what if it's not? Or what if it's, like, some fucking hung parliament situation? Got to imagine if we somehow... tiny majority. <laughs> if we somehow ended up with Scott Morrison trying mm. to survive the Dutton-Abbott strike back for... The next three years after this, that would be. To be honest, yeah, I've kind of consigned our country, our country to the scrap heap of history, anyways. So <laughs> it might be a good show. Mm. <laughs> Fucking hope it doesn't happen though. I can't imagine how it would. Mm. With with the with the resources that they've got on hand at the moment, I can't see them turning anything around. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Morrison might save a couple seats more than Dutton would have lost, but. Mm. Yeah, I think they're knackered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is hoping. Hey, do you want a second headline? Yeah. Speaking of uh, trying to turn things around, the Victorian Liberals are selling their city headquarters for $30 million. Ooh. That's from Caitlin Offer for News.com.au. Got news. some court com. cases coming up, do they? <laughs> yeah, this one's fantastic because it's just... Uh, <laughs> they're doing so badly. They're fucking broke. The state Liberal Party is broke, and they're fucking trying everything that they can to try and unseat the expensive, man. Andrews government. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is. So Matthew Guy is just trying anything he can, and the latest thing is that they're selling the be- the good financial managers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> The, uh, the party that's responsible with its money is now Plus selling- Plus 10 gold per turn. Yeah. They're now selling- The election is in November, it so is. they're not going to get the money in time to do anything well, substantial Get out of it. the country, maybe. Yeah, maybe that. See if they can go better in Togo or somewhere. Yeah, possibly. Go to Belize with McAfee and sit in a fucking weird hut and make designer drugs. That's all they can hope. Hopefully. $30 million would go a long way in Belize, I would think. Yeah, probably. You can fucking pay off so many cops and commit so many murders <laughs> for that money. This Part of the thing with, like, right-wing politicians is it's a fundamentally self-loathing position, right? Because they're all about small government and they're... They and their job is being in government. Bureaucracy. Yeah, it's all about this fucking successfully destroying the concept of sort of civil harmony from the inside. But that's that's a it's undercover cop shit. So I'm telling you, take that thirty million dollars, take Darcy's advice, run overseas and become a monster. <laughs> become the Australian character from Far Cry Three. Just be like, oh, I just want to fucking hear, hear what it sounds like when I fuck you in the bum. That's <laughs> sort of like, oh goodness, quite me. forward, sinister nature. Matthew Guy might actually be a worse party leader than Bill Shorten. I think I may Matthew have, Guy is I may have overdone it by saying Bill was absolutely the worst. Yeah. Matthew Guy his opponent is Daniel Andrews, is a man who always looks like he's about to start crying and has mm. 
since before he won the election. Yeah. Daniel Andrews' whole life has been a response to one act of bullying in the playground. <laughs> He's still got the body language and the intonations of a child with his back against the wall, surrounded by laughing classmates. Yeah. Desperately trying to be taken seriously. That's exactly right. And Matthew Guy is doing so badly against him that most Victorians don't even realise he exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Why he really lives up to his name, though, Matthew Guy. Yeah. The most generic yeah, it's true. fucking He's name. He's like Libbot, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he was just purchased, middle-aged from Japan mm. and deployed. Some of the ads that they've been running, the Victorian liberals, are astoundingly bad. They're just typical, like, Daniel Andrews. Wants to fucking spend all of your money on this big subway loop. Where's the money coming from, Daniel? And then the next ad is like, Daniel Andrews only wants to build this train as far as this far out suburb. We're going to build it even further. And it's like they can't even pick a lane with regards to infrastructure because they're in the unenviable position of having ignored it for fucking two decades. Yeah, and, completely. And therefore being responsible Worse than for the ignored problems. Them, haven't they? They've, they've basically um, actively undermined it yeah, through privatisation yeah. measures. 100%. So they've created this situation where Daniel Andrews has only to say, we're going to make sure that roads exist. And people are like losing their minds over it. <laughs> And then, tr so they have to try and say that they'll be better at it than Daniel Andrews, but also that their original thing of not doing it at all was the right move. So they're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Lie in the bed, Libs. Sorry, Matthew. That's I'm not it. sorry. You're an idiot. <laughs> what's what's A our last headline? Idiot. My last headline is my favourite The Spectator journalist, mm. Daisy Cousins. Daisy. Hi, Daisy. I love Daisy Cousins because she's just the biggest dork I think I've ever heard mm. of in my life. A complete duffer. Yeah. And she has got, for reasons I do not understand, <clears throat> this weird drive to explain why various left-wing things are not punk and why various right-wing things are punk. This, this has is... been this bizarre years since she stopped being a feminist. Yeah. She has become an arbiter of punk. This um, is my favourite, my favourite conservative move right. or reactionary move is to try and redefine punk. Like this bizarre outcropping of the Enlightenment period. <laughs> Prithee, sir. <laughs> but could it be that we divide the world into that which is and is not punk? <laughs> and from that determine the nature of the corpus politicus? <laughs> yeah. I don't know 100%. why it matters so much to them, but uh, but she is wrong. So <laughs> this article is about tonightly is not the new punk. Oh well, I mean, will, I could have told you that. Uh, well, uh, so Tom Ballard himself could have told you that because I don't think it was ever his intention to uh, to to do the new punk. Yeah, I don't think he uh, was really intending much more than a sort of souffle satire program. But yeah. it, it ended up being a little bit more biting than it was initially. Uh, I mean, maybe. intended to be, I think, but yeah. On the whole, it was a, a, a just a bit of light entertainment, really. Yeah. What happened is that when the Daily Show first started up, like three hundred years ago, young Tom Ballard <laughs> saw it and wrote in for the uh, build your own Daily Show uh, catalog that they were advertising. Yeah. And he wrote a thing, the letter 
spent 20 years on the ocean getting to the United States and then they packed up all of the stuff and they put the stuff back on the big barge, which took another 20 years getting back to our shores. Yeah. And then it finally got here and he's like, here, we can do it. through the barrier reef. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you using that? My bad. (laughs) So what's this fucking article? (laughs) That's pretty much... Oh, yeah. (laughs) So basically... Mm. Because left-wing culture has won, mm. this is because left-wing culture has won. Yes, it is not punk anymore. Interesting. And because conservative culture has lost, it is punk. Yeah, that's how and punk works. That is how punk works. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 absolutely because absolutely people, why people this. don't know this. But in immediately post-war uh, World War Two London, uh, everybody in Parliament were punks, and they were like, "Oh yeah, fuck the Queen!" And then it was only when they were unseated by well, indeed, Thatcherite I mean, Tories that they then became subculture. The became Sex punks. Pistols were actually commissioned to do a new national anthem for this punk. Uh, uh, Kingdom. It was. It was very. It, yeah. Sid Vicious killed himself when he realised he'd become too punk to continue to be yeah. punk. It was a. It was like a post. Was a confusing Stood moment in the for ruins. Him. <laughs> How fucking dumb! All right, Daisy. and and it gets worse because they made fun of Scott Morrison for being Christian, but they wouldn't have made fun of Scott Morrison for being Muslim. Yeah, because a Muslim won't get elected prime minister anytime soon, Daisy. Mm. Because Islam is a self-harming religion that mostly just makes life shit for people who believe in it. Whereas Christianity in Australia still has the power to ruin shit for other people. I this is just my like least favorite thing, and it seems like mostly conservatives do it. Although I think I've seen some centre-left kind of and centre-right liberals do it as well, where it's like. Well, you wouldn't do this thing, therefore, why would you do this thing? And it's like, well, because they're different things, Daisy. Because Christians being in position of power, especially with bizarre retrograde versions of Christianity, like, that's a, that's a thing that we have some context for. A Muslim getting a position of power would be, I don't know, something to celebrate, maybe, because it's the first time that it's happened, or... You know, it's a complete. It's a completely different thing. It's the difference between eating an egg and eating shit. Just yeah. because both actions involve eating, it's different. It frustrates me, Daisy. It frustrates <laughs> me. Pull your socks up. She won't. Mm. It's a long article, but that's pretty much the content yeah. of it. <laughs> Do you want to get around to topics? Conservatism is the new punk, <laughs> ladies. It and must gentlemen. be so. Actually, do God save the Queen. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, man. <laughs> Just the stupidest fucking thing. Protect our borders. Da, 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 da. Quiet, dependable society. Da, 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 da. Well, you um, can have right wing. There is, like, you know, racist, dickhead punk music. Yeah. But it is not good. It's always just been, yeah, the (laughs) shitty version of punk music. It's why fucking the Dead Kennedys wrote Nazi punks fuck off. This debate was settled. Uh, All right. Topics. We need a sting for this, a stinger, because uh, it's we keep just smashing straight into topics. Yeah, okay. Should we get an audio clip of Billy Crystal doing something funny? Billy Crystal? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah, wow. Also, I don't know what that means. Mm, you don't know what what means? Spitballing. I just, ah. It's a thing I've picked up from American cinema. Yeah. 
Yeah, blue sky thinking is, I think, what spitballing is. Ah, okay, I get blue sky thinking. Yeah, of course. That's when you correctly identify the colour of the sky. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yep, I'm just black table thinking. Are therefore qualified to determine education policies. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, that's it. Well, uh, that's not quite a stinger, but maybe I'll cut it into something. Tonight, there's a lot of excitement in this room because we have wonderful stories tonight. A lot of amazing show that we have. Talking about the amazing things that are happening in the world today. Now, think about it. All right. Topics. For our A topic, I would like to talk about, uh, broadly, kind of this, like, deplatforming thing uh, that people keep talking about and basically relating it to this thing Steve Bannon coming to the New Yorker festival uh, and the way, the different ways that people have been losing their minds over that. Now, Lee Sales tweeted, uh, another example of the pushback against free speech and the lack of willingness to hear and debate ideas that differ from one's own. I hope New Yorker doesn't buckle. It's an interesting statement. Yeah, it may come as a surprise to people who don't really think through ideas, given that I've come out so strongly against censorship in the past and will always be censorship. But deplatform Steve Bannon. Who gives a fuck? It's not... No, you have to listen to... This is why I don't go out, right? Because Mm. there are a lot of mad people wandering around Richmond. Mm. And if I want to go and get a sliced loaf from the supermarket, I have mm. to literally stop yeah, and have, you have a four-hour conversation to with each guy. It's excruciating. Who believes that the police are aliens. Yeah. Which is uh, actually... Fuck. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> this guy's onto something. Um, so, yeah, I, I just wanted to unpick this because I don't think it's complicated to unpick, right? You've got free speech great yep. the government shouldn't fucking arrest you for saying something unless it is unless it's illegal. actively violent or something yeah, yeah inciting hatred or inciting violence or something like that steve bannon uh this whole thing was around people boycotting the new yorker festival and other talent dropping out uh of the festival when they learned that Steve Bannon was involved, which is totally fine. These yeah. are all fucking free citizens. And this free- is literally the marketplace of ideas that they keep talking about. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to buy that fish. It smells rotten. You have to at least try it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not fair. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's fucking dumb as hell. And people like Lee Sales, who this is not the first time she's fucking had bad takes. She has some redeeming qualities as a journalist, but she also is remarkably kind of fucking tolerant of dumb opinions like this one, where she's like, oh, we've got to hear him out. We've got to hear him out. We know what Steve Bannon is about. Uh, His publishers are not being prevented from publishing his ideas, and he's not being prevented from putting ideas out there, except on the various platforms which he's been suspended from. And, you know, he can't use Breitbart anymore because he lost his job and he can't use his White House uh, position anymore he because lost he lost his job, his job because yeah. you know he has a history because even of being inconsistent Trump and can f- spot a certain <laughs> level of incompetence coming. yeah it's he's a fucking bona fide <laughs> moron and props to jim carrey and shit for dropping out of the festival and and trying to force the new yorker's hand yeah um, i agree you know 
Steve Steve Bannon um, was involved in the Biodome project. Yes. How amazing yeah. is that? He try he's on record demanding that action be taken about climate change. Yeah. But f- fucking you can find climate change hypocrisy in literally every reactionary dickbag's history. I oh, think. yeah, it just depends who's paying them when they're speaking, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um so deplatforming has been pretty successful. Yes, exactly. Milo's basically dead. Milo and he and Ann Coulter are doing a thing in November. And they've yeah. got Fraser Anning for, by the way. Yeah. Do you well, want to get tickets? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Do I? I don't think they're going to be in much demand. I'm sure we could still snuffle up a couple. Maybe. Maybe. I'll have a think about that one because it sounds like a dreadful evening, <laughs> but it could be worthwhile. Um, yeah. This, this topic keeps coming up in discussions online and the idea of like what the what the left should be doing and not be doing about ideas and like there's a point where i think like i'm not really on board with canceling people on twitter and being hair trigger about that sort of shit and uh using fucking popular movements to decide who should and shouldn't have careers and stuff like that because it has gone wrong in the past or whatever i i understand that part of the argument but that's not what's fucking happening with steve bannon if you have a few different points in various distribution networks to commercialize ideas or to promote ideas any one of those parts can pull out for any reason i don't have a right to get my fucking work published or to go to the new yorker festival ideas so there's no no but you're not a nazi if you were a nazi you would oh yeah a hundred percent really on your head there kieran yeah um so yeah fucking cancel steve bannon who gives a shit (laughs) And yeah, uh, sorry, uh, I got sidetracked. Milo and Mike Sinovich have both gone on record as as saying that their movement has been fucking stumped by... Deplatforming. By deplatforming and by leftist protests and stuff. A year ago and a bit, uh, there was the fucking situation where that dude drove the car into a group of left-wing protesters. The Charlottesville... The Charlottesville... Car uh, attack, yeah. Killing... And, uh, yeah, the same rally a year later had fucking hardly anybody there because strong resistance from the left, from Antifa, from just regular protesters or whatever, robs these things of their power. Absolutely. There is, I think, a very narrow band for where I I would consider it reasonable or acceptable to have a guy like Steve Bannon, Mm. say, interviewed here, for instance. Yeah. Which is, if you are bringing him on in order to use him as an example to the audience of why his ideas are wrong and why he's an idiot. Yeah. Like if you've got something planned where you demonstrate, ah, this is an example of how nationalists turn economic problems into mm. racial crises and yeah. why you shouldn't be fooled by their bullshit rhetoric, then that's yeah. fucking that's actually a really good use of a racist idiot and an excellent reason to have him on your program yeah i think but if it's literally things. just to be like so what do you think about the Muslims, well this is steve <laughs> yeah this is the thing the china's the, a bit scary than it the, <laughs> the move seems to be like oh we're gonna let them 
be idiots and therefore discredit their own ideas, but that never happens because their audience, their intended audience, are also idiots and they're good at rhetoric. Yeah, I mean, and then Steve suddenly Bannon, all these people, by the arguably. way, who hate the ABC and never listen or trust yeah. it, are suddenly like, oh, well, actually, you know, Steve Bannon was on the ABC, so I think yeah. he knows what he's talking about. Okay, hang yeah. on a second. You didn't say that when the president of the <laughs> Medical Association was being interviewed. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I would, I would trust. I think you're right. I would trust Sasha Baron Cohen to put Steve Bannon on his show. I would tr- probably trust like Kerry O'Brien or something. To oh conduct. yeah, Kerry would have been all right. A Kerry interview would have been okay because that dude is a fucking bloodhound, and that would be about interrogating the ideas and Absolutely. trying to discredit when the them. Tough. When the going gets tough, the tough get Kerry O'Brien. Was that the yeah graffiti that used to be in the pub toilet? Yep. Yeah. Exactly right. So I'm not the the first person to uh to bring this up, and nor will I be the last. But Karl Popper in the '40s wrote about the paradox of tolerance, and it's still very fucking relevant. This is the idea that to have a truly tolerant society, you have to be intolerant of people whose ideas are going to threaten the tolerance of that society. Steve Bannon is one of these people. You have to have certain ideas that you have demarcated as dangerous and yeah. not allow them the chance to equal voicing. Stanley Fish wrote about this very well as well. I forget what the article is called, but if you search uh, Stanley Fish and power, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Uh, it's me, Kieran. It's a book, not an article, and it's called There's No Such Thing as Free Speech, and it's a good. that's a good thing too. And it's a good thing too. Uh, it's from 1994, uh, so aware that there may be some outdated things in it but yeah stanley fish talks about how uh discrimination is the only way that you can fight uh discrimination and also debunks the idea that free speech is somehow more politically neutral than uh political correctness and a whole bunch of other stuff it's a book full of essays uh so yes if you want to read it that's what you're looking for The idea that free speech is just like, let's listen to everybody, is fucking preposterous to me. We have consensuses. Yeah, well, free free speech, like like all other free notions, mm. is not absolute. It's, no, there's, it's there's never qualified. been a society in the world, and there never will be, I very mm. much doubt, that actually grants unlimited rights to all of its citizens without um, any kind of clause or... yeah regulation you couldn't have a cohesive social group of 25 million people and we're a small country yeah if it was just absolutely like yeah no free means free just go yeah the easiest (laughs) there will be no consequences for any of your actions because we have free speech and movement laws. (laughs) that's uh you have to the easiest way to think about who gets platforms when is whether somebody's speech is likely to affect the rights and safety of other people in the community right steve bannon's ideas are manifestly a threat and he's said on the record that he thinks he can foment a similar uprising in this country that he helps to bring about very proud of it in the u.s he's a fucking moron but yeah the other thing is this is like a key fuck up of people's brains. It's particular to the libertarian class, but I think it kind of sneaks into the broader mindscape in this case, where none of these rules are real. 
guys. They're all constructs that Kieran. we have put on Kieran. to society. Ugh. In a philosophical sense, we already live the libertarian reality, which is there were no rules. People seized power and they fucking stratified society in certain ways. The free market of ideas, free speech, all of that shit ends up being unequal because of power distribution. Goodness me. And this is the free market working. People don't want to listen to Steve Bannon. They're willing to fucking (laughs) de-platform as- as actors within a market, uh, it's it's going exactly as you state that you want it to go. So shut the fuck up, you idiots. He's a moron. Stop listening to him. Well, I think we should be using the power of the stage to make people listen to him. It's yeah. the only way to guarantee freedom. Yeah, freedom. State-mandated freedom sessions. You know, like, uh, the, the, like the, the news service in North Korea where it just wakes you up at half past five in the morning and screams yeah. at you. Yeah. You've got to, if that wasn't there, how would people know what, yeah, the, what exactly. the leader's truth? The sounding of the traitors. <laughs> One, your father. And it just says that and everybody's father gets sent to fucking prison. Um, related to this, I would kind of like, have you watched the jazz... Twomley video, the Tonightly video. That, I have not. That has everybody in a bit of a, a bit of a huff. Tell it's me a, about it's it. A walk, se- walk me through it. Uh, it's a seven and a half minute video, oh, which is Jesus, which is at least twice as long as it needs to be. Where he opens up with an interesting little introduction, where he's like, uh, "Oh, there's lots of alt right people on the TVs and the internets these days, and how how did they come about?" And then the, th- the central thesis of the video is that the left created the alt-right. What? Uh, by Oh, yeah, I've seen this on Facebook. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, by virtue signaling, by uh, outrage culture and call-out culture, by deplatforming and cancelling people, by calling everybody racists. He twists himself into a couple of different uh, self-contradictions. At one point, he says the left... Uh, called everybody racists and therefore created the racists. And then later in the video, he's dressed up as Hitler doing yoga and somebody calls him out for yoga being cultural appropriation. And he says, sure, I'm Hitler, but yoga is the problem. Well, bitch, you've told us that we shouldn't be calling people Hitler beforehand, but now you're saying that they are Hitler, but we shouldn't be focusing on their cultural appropriation. We should be focusing on their Hitlerness, except not. It's, right. a, it's a profoundly confused. So he's invented some idiots and yeah. pointed out that they're wrong. Yeah, he says, "I'm a leftist." The left is calling people racist, and then shows a video of Hillary Clinton saying the basket of deplorables line. Yeah, Hillary Clinton is not the left. She is not. She is a conservative. He conflates uh, liberals and progressives. Uh, and centrists into one monolith of sensitive morons. And you know what? There are points at which I agree. I don't. I think people should stress a little bit less about some of the more frivolous violations of code. I think the guy that went off on that girl for wearing a Chong Sam to her prom was going too far and taking it upon himself to be a particular sort of moral vigilante. I can see that, but I mean, this it's kind highly of irritating. kind of cultural nitpicking is sort of is not necessarily a leftist position because it's quite a again it's it's a really nineteenth century conservative notion of 
yeah. how cultures function and what culture is. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be the guy who's responsible for fucking delineating, publishing <laughs> the official cultural boundaries guide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. It's uh, No, you are south of the Mekong Delta. Exactly. Exactly. And it just seems so simple to just be like, be respectful or whatever. But nevertheless, I agree that those people are irritating or can be irritating. But they are not responsible for a crypto-fascist international uprising. Yeah. That's fucking insane. He, he never <laughs> manages to draw a clear line there. And this deplatforming shit is getting you can bound do this up in that. So easily, though, because all that he's done is mm. he's effectively cut a step out of his process, which mm. is he's pretending that the left's behavior is not in itself a response to injustice. Yeah. So if you what what if you if you remove the the cause of that sort of leftist motion, then yeah, yeah okay, it could seem like a spontaneous group of virtue signaling wankers have just appeared and yeah. started hassling poor innocent white farmers. <laughs> but <laughs> come on. Yeah. This is the the reason that the alt right exists is because an economic uh, failure was left unaddressed and it was turned into a cultural crisis by people who wanted to take advantage of that vacuum, mm. that vacuum in people's sense of self-esteem and self-worth and yeah. a sense of narrative that was destroyed by the fuckwit finance sector and our idiot pl political class at the yeah. start of the century. That's and what happened. To the extent that, get a load of this great joke, to the extent that I agree with Jizz Bumley, uh, I must have missed that the first time you said it. <laughs> I didn't say it the first didn't time. I, no, his name oh. is Jazz Twanley, but uh, oh, God. to the I extent quit. that You're I agree good. with him, it is this. I think that the left does need to be better at messaging to young, at-risk dudes, let's be honest, and women as well, about why... Like, yeah, but so let's that also can, be honest, not as many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who are at risk of becoming alt-righters and men going their own way and shit like that. We can't save all of them, and it's not our responsibility to save them, but I believe that there is... No, but it would help if we did, right? Yeah, I, I believe that there is potential there to create intervention. However, this is like not unique to the left. Obviously, traditional conservatives and centrists have been ignoring these people as well. Yeah, but that's, in and, fairness to traditional conservatives, that's pretty much what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> not really a failure on their part. It's just, that's very true. That's their jam. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's about as far as I'll agree with him, that we should have better messaging for those people. But I also don't think it's a priority when you've got people being murdered by police and <laughs> <laughs> shit like that, you know? Yeah, um, fair. But, yeah, okay, should the left... The problem with this argument as well, though, and this, this monolithizing... Sorry, monolithizing of the left mm. is yeah, it's like, all yes. right, let's come up with a compelling narrative together all of the people who are not on the right yeah that's not gonna happen no because well they represent this is the the thing right it's easy to be on the right because you make up some bullshit that makes you feel better about feeling bad and you're like this is the narrative it's the fucking foreigner's fault we need right. to rejuvenate the soil by shedding the blood of the jew yeah yeah exactly but because generally left-wing projects are built on correcting issues it's 
fucking hugely multifaceted and people are looking out for a diverse range of interests. You've got it's environment, economics, resource, You've got to consult so, all the stakeholders. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you know who all the stakeholders are, which, surprise twist, you didn't when you yeah. started the project. Yeah. yeah, it's difficult. So when Jazz Flannel fucking comes in and, yeah, groups everybody together as... Uh, I don't know. He calls himself a leftist at the start of the video, but I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think he knows what left-wing values are, except for the sort of generally center-left, uh, socially progressive. Well, insofar as it's easy for him. Yeah, voting Greens like mm. that. That step, that kind of bourgeois leftiness, is mm. a piece of piss. Yeah, it's insane. Because you, you can actually just be a, a nice person from the right, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and say that you're a leftist. Well, that's the really interesting thing with, like, uh, the seat of Wentworth. And I think maybe it happened a bit in the seat of Wagga Wagga as well, is that as liberal vote share goes down, green vote share goes up. Yes. Like, or as green vote share goes down, liberal vote share goes up as well. Like, there is this weird intersection between... Well, R- Richard Di Natale made the Greens part of polite society. Yeah, basically, um, for that they will they have been blessed and cursed yeah. as, a, as, a, as a consequence of that. Yeah. I suspect most of the most of the pros in the party are pretty happy with it. Yeah, well, they have something to do that's not just you know <laughs> eating mung beans with Bob. Yeah, oh, we've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. In in some ways, it's the path of least resistance. This irritates me a little bit because you see it a lot in kind of the circles that I run in and you probably run in as well, artists and fucking wankers and academics and shit like that, where yes. they're perfectly content just to be sort of left in the sense that they'll share that Facebook post about how terrible it is that Donald Trump said, grab him by the pussy and stuff like that. But that is the path of least resistance because that's the social set that you're in. It would, it's there's there's no difficulty associated with it. It's literally the easiest way to be. That's politically. true. And, and it, if that's you, you need to fucking have a think. I think about. And it leaves them somewhat uninoculated when when they do encounter uh, problems that need mm. to be addressed within the left movement, or you know, bumping into a racist. Mm. You off, even though it, you know, sort of should by now. I would have liked to have thought been just prima facie obvious that racism is stupid and <laughs> yeah. we don't need to discuss anymore. The fact is that we do. And mm. if you have never, I remember the first time I had a, a, a an argument with a racist. Yeah. It was of course on the internet yeah. when I was a child. Yep, and I I failed to deplatform him. I I engaged. Mm. And it was much more, it was actually, it's really hard. If you don't know yeah. what the, not so much rhetorical tricks that racists use, but the mind games that they have already played on themselves. Yeah. It is actually incredibly difficult to disabuse them of well, because you think you're going in there to have a logic fight, which should be very easy to win. Yeah. But then you get there, and the announcer is like, "All right, it's Wonderland rules," and you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going much, on?" Yeah. It is. It's just like, "All right, welcome to Thunderdome." Yeah. And uh, here are some crime statistics. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is a lot of work (laughs) just to recontextualize this. And they've rebuilt because they've they have. So in some cases, you'll be speaking to a racist who's Mm. been working on themselves for years and they've totally rebuilt the planet. Yeah. To conform to the their insane logic. 
and they have done it because the human brain is actually fucking incredibly impressive, but only at doing things when you're not paying attention to it. (laughs) (laughs) Is they, they build an astonishingly lifelike and complicated world, Mm. you know, like more, more impressive than Tolkien did. Yeah. In which their mental race logic is totally internally consistent. Yeah. And it's, you, you you really can't just no. politely tell them that you don't <laughs> think that it's okay. Yeah. You have to be prepared to re essentially bulldoze and build them new foundations, yeah. which is fucking incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's and not- six months of full-time fucking, like, psychoanalysis <laughs> and therapist work. work. You're not going to do it on a which- fucking... You're not going to do a it on forum, a, a forum, a Magic the Gathering forum in 2008 or something. It's made a lot fucking harder when wankers try to get themselves kudos from their enemies by putting together bullshit videos called What's Wrong with the Left yeah. and saying, uh, virtue signaling is what's caused racism to happen. Yeah. Fuck off, Jack. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I, am com- I can't prove this in any way but i'm going to hypothesize that perhaps uh being on the left was a lot easier for jazz before let's say the 2016 presidential election in the u.s and that this is maybe the first time that he's ever been forced to question some of the shit that he takes for granted and that he might be uh complicit in and so suddenly for him, from his perspective, the experience of being on the left is has changed from uncomplicated, I'm a good person, I'm an educated white dude, to, oh, fuck, there might be problems with being an educated <laughs> white dude. They're virtue signaling at me. What's his context? Is he, is he a Yank or...? He's a Brit. He's a Brit. He's a Brit who uh, has sort of done a season on several cancelled comedy shows. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's just like a less, he, you know how like, uh, he's kind of like a shit Charlie Brooker in a lot of ways, but without any of the rhetorical flair or like surprising solidity. Talk about a man with a weakness for bleakness. Yeah. 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 That, that fucking, it doesn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of attention because it's one of his minor works, but How TV Ruined Your Life, by the end of that series, I was legitimately series. depressed. Yeah. It's, is this, it's fantastic. Is this like how, how TV Ruined Aspiration and How TV Ruined Reality? And yeah, 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 yeah. That it's, was an awesome series. It was fucking This phenomenal. is when he was still with Channel 4, I think, in the yeah. UK. Because yeah. that and the original screen r- uh, wipe runs. Yeah. Dynamite. Yeah. Incredible. So Jazz Twomley, or whatever his name is, is a shitty version of that, kind of. He's trying to do a bit of the Jonathan Pye thing. You know that guy who released one quite good video and then fucked it up by trying to make his <laughs> viral moment into a career? Oh, yes. So he, the, he's the reporter. Yeah, who caught on- has his conversations with the producer between, uh, yeah. between takes. Yeah, I, I was disappointed. I, I, I was- Quite looking forward to that being a yeah. being a nice little thing. But, well, uh, the first one was good, but it ca- it became clear quickly that he didn't have enough gas in the tank to sustain it. And then when he did the same thing that Jazz did, that was like, we're creating these fucking monsters. Of course they're going to be racist if you call them racist a lot. <laughs> they weren't racist just because they were posting in the phrenology forum. 
racist to like the candy man if you stand in front yeah. of the mirror and keep saying the words they'll appear yeah. behind you i think if you get super fucking irritated and 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 yell at somebody because they're ignorant and young and dumb then yes maybe you can hurt the cause but it's ultimately their decision to then <laughs> reach the conclusion that the jews are to blame yeah absolutely i was a alienated depressed young yeah. man I chose not to become radicalized by hate. Yeah. It and was I think really I, not difficult. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if it's true for you, but it's true for me in that like I have dipped my toe in all of these reactionary impressions. Every time that I'm forced to fucking question myself, I'm like, "Oh, fuck, it's irritating. Fuck." And it, but Yeah. You know, well, I I'm, was fascinated by it when I was younger. So when yeah. let's say from like 14 to mm. 21, I was genuinely fascinated by dangerous thought groups on the internet yeah and i and especially i kind of i guess got got back into it a bit when the red pill came out mm. i didn't get back into it yeah I mean, yeah I, yeah i resumed to the safari yeah um it alarmed robin fractionally <laughs> she like had a look at the search history one day on the laptop she was like, mm, yeah does do we need to talk <laughs> am i upsetting you <laughs> <laughs> I would like to know now before you explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it 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 was it was great, you know. Yeah. It was kind of scary and sometimes you felt mm. a little bit sick, but Yeah. No, it was, it's it's interesting and But one of the things they were complaining about and this is before the financial crisis. Mm. Um and then during the Obama period there were very few people complaining about the left as being a problem in their lives until Gamergate. Yeah. Gamergate was the thing where Anita Sarkeesian went from being a critic no one had heard of to the architect of the demise of modern masculinity. Yeah. Because yeah. she said, I would like to feel more included in games, yeah. as would half of the other consumers of these yeah. products, yeah. which seemed like a reasonable bit of feedback that the, industry, that the games industry has taken on board, by the way. Yeah. But little um, did she know that she would kick <laughs> off uh, millions and millions of people like myself being like, I would n like never to be included in the term gamer ever again. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There's no way anybody could have foreseen the fucking outcome of a feminist games critique. Yeah, yeah, such fucking benign <laughs> stuff. There's, it, it's about ethics in games journalism. Games journalism is a fucking joke. Are you kidding me? Who cares about- Games journalism is just reviews, isn't it? Yeah. It's literally just product because, reviews. Because it's somebody had, uh, like- had a relationship with a developer and then that developer had been given a good review from that person. Who gives a fuck, man? It's games <laughs> journalism to start off got with. one good review. Yeah. It could be, <laughs> it, it's still fucking evened out amongst all of the other stuff. It's all been corporate controlled. If you didn't fucking get off the games journalism thing when Jeff Gerstman got fired from GameSpot for the Kane and Lynch review, there's some fucking deep cut knowledge. <laughs> uh, and formed Giant Bomb. If you weren't off I the whole thing by then, about. Why is it's because like it's transparent what you actually care about when you flip out because Anita Sarkeesian has been like, hey, maybe or maybe you don't get to call your game feminist because you have a fucking stripper with gigantic cans, <laughs> dual wielding, <laughs> penis shaped fucking revolvers, whose special power is that she slides pussy first down a stripper pole into her enemies. Like that's not female <laughs> representation. It makes me angry. Gamers are the worst. 
And I cut off your point. <laughs> I, it's okay. Like, good. I fucking no idea what my point. Oh yeah. So before Gamergate happened, mm. not many of these um, mad fucking hate cult groups mm. were terribly concerned about the left or identity politics. I mean, they were, but they did not phrase it that way. They yeah. were con- their concerns were much more primordial, shall we say? There was, you know, a lot of stuff about. Um, masculinity and dignity there Mm. was a lot of stuff about living standards being eroded by migration which you know is something you can have a totally not left versus right conversation about yeah it's factually not true Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's easy that's not no no ideology involved yeah the the, this idea that the left somehow created these groups is not mm. borne out by the time I spent ferreting around them when I was a youngster yeah. before they had reached the prominence they have now. There's mm. absolutely... They did not see what they were doing as a right-wing versus left-wing struggle yeah. um, at all. It was very much down to the fact that they had chosen to be racist mm. or sexist as, as a way to deal with their own sense of powerlessness. Yeah. And again, a lot of these things were brought about by economic crises that were left unaddressed and turned into identity crises, or, or were manipulated into being identity crises Yeah, by guys like um, Black and so on. Yeah. And now Bannon. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Maybe if the Jews hadn't had quite so much money, the Nazis wouldn't have happened. I don't know. It's... Yeah. Fuck it, I can't wrap my head around this sort of yeah. self-loathing... Bat- I can no self-loathing. I can wrap my head around. Not, <laughs> not this kind of yeah. self-loathing battery. It's it's fucking nuts. I, ca- I yeah. I don't know. I think I understand it, but I also think it's fucking just it's stupid. And I think that he hasn't done the homework to make any of the claims that he makes. Yeah. Well, and if you've got and a problem then, with the messaging, figure out a fucking better way of doing it, and yeah. just sit there crying. Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. how mean we're being to the fascists. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stupid little ponce. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the next topic. Darcy, what do you have for us? The school system is no longer safe, Kieran. No. Because we have got a bad case of gender whisperers. Society is on a downward slope and we'll all be in the ocean. Gender whisperer sounds like one of Vince Noir's kind of appellations that he's given himself yeah exactly howard howard (laughs) check this i call it the gender whisperer (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) uh so i would i would be very happy if if the schools were a bit more like the The gender whisperer (laughs) i'm the confuser is it a man (laughs) is it a woman do i care (laughs) i mean now obviously but back back then maybe maybe not yeah he could have got away with it back then (laughs) not now so what's happening? What's what's the problem, Darcy? Well, Scott Morrison, mm. as a great many people in public life who refuse to adequately fund public schools, yeah. has chosen to give his children a private education. Mm. That, to be honest, is not remotely unusual or noteworthy for a prime minister, except mm. that normally when politicians are defending the decision to send their children to an exclusive school, they say it's because of the unique resources available, the, you know, chance to travel the world and enjoy various campuses in Malaysia and South Africa and 
France. Yeah. They don't tend to say it's to protect their children from gender whisperers. <laughs> <laughs> because those are the words of a fucking lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott Morrison, he's also he's not sent his children to a particularly good private school. It is part of his uh, mad Baptist yeah. uh, cult movement. <clears throat> Interesting point there. He doesn't mm. want anybody forcing unworldly yeah. strange opinions on his He doesn't children. want anybody stepping in between the parents <laughs> and the and the child and the imposition of values at all. He just he wants his kids raised in the honest neutrality of the end times in which we live. <laughs> Oddly combined with uh, with prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah. Apocalyptic prosperity gospel. <laughs> yeah, you have to accrue as much gold as possible so that when you're buried in your space tomb and Jesus comes down and puts a interstellar pilot's helmet on your zombie corpse, that you will have the funds to pay the galactic road toll to go yeah, and fight Satan. Nobody gets in unless their stack of gold is this high. Yeah. You may not get on the ride. It's really, it's genuinely fucking amusing watching. Uh, religion re-mythologize itself for the like, 21st century. It was while this bullshit was happening that Bill Shorten managed to somehow inexplicably Slip. lose yeah. points against him as well. Which is well, God just isn't on his side. Bill must be the most confused human being in the world mm. right now. I mean, mm. he has the peace of mind for knowing that his popularity doesn't matter, but <laughs> I would be genuinely like confused and offended i think mm. to, to a point where I, i'd start to become annoying to my friends as i demand to know what's wrong with me you know? yeah yeah <laughs> everybody hates me what yeah. specifically am i not doing <laughs> yeah. that everybody it's like you know the the <clears throat> uh, the one kid in class who can't find a partner to the dance like what yeah. specifically am i doing wrong we get all of these beautiful nuggets, though, where he consults with people and they're like, you've just got to be charismatic and charming, Bill. And then he gets out there and is like, what Scott Morrison could use is a people of Australia whisperer. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. No, you've beefed it again, Bill. Um, I've read a little bit about this. And one of the factors, right, is that there were these people who were... Uh, their job was to identify possible trans kids and then refer them, like, sort of talk to their parents about them and yes. and open up uh, pathways to, like, counselling and information about it and shit. And there was this thing that it was, like, 200% uh, is the rate, like, number of trans kids in school has gone up 200%. Yeah. That's scary. That's three times as much as there used to be. The original 100, the new 200. <laughs> Fuck, man. Three times as many trans kids in our school. And then you look at the numbers and that's 74 kids in Australia. I think yeah. it was. It might have been 72 or 73. But Yeah, with like, what, 10 million pu yeah. pupils yeah. in the school system. And so they're like, oh, they're making trans kids, which, of course the reason that there's 200% more is because now the trans kids who previously would have tried to live straight and gone through an entire childhood and adolescence I think I know where misery. I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Now, now uh, able to live openly and honestly. Safe space. Oh, that yes. the right hate so much. Yeah. Because if there's one thing we don't want our children feeling at school, yeah. it's fucking safe. Yeah. What kind of Nazi boys are you trying to yeah. raise here? <laughs> <laughs> 
another case of like beautifully ironic projection where they're like, all I want is a space where I can feel safe and not threatened by the presence of people who uh, may or may not. They're going to gender my Jesus out the window. Yeah, exactly right. They're going to come for him with their flappy flaps. Yeah. There's this. (laughs) There's a few fucking. A few fucking things. The trans kids always existed. They've always existed. And they've never been a problem for anyone except mostly historically themselves. Well, that's the thing. Because they've had no resources to understand what's happening to them. People like ScoMo are fine with trans people as long as they keep it to themselves, bottle it up, live in misery. As long as they functionally don't exist. Yeah, Yeah. hopefully (laughs) eventually kill themselves. But the idea that they're (laughs) entitled to a fucking decent life is just- completely fucking there are people talking about child abuse yeah and 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 in the context lest the listener be confused the abusers are the ones trying to uh provide safety and education Mm. to the children not not the ones trying to suffocate the children and force them into a life of confusion and 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 shame and self-loathing yeah and you know until we get another group like the bad seeds i guess it's uh, it's frustrating because, of course, all parents are going to... F- that's the other thing, the ScoMo thing is like, we don't need the teachers in there fulfilling that role. It's up to parents. Yeah. And parents have traditionally been very open and happy about uh, questions of sexuality and gender with their kids, especially from his generation. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and of a conservative disposition as well. It's mm. much better that it just becomes entirely potluck as to which family you're born into. Yeah. As to what resources that you have to uh, to manage yourself. I mean, historically, that hasn't been a problem for us. <laughs> Jesus. It's fucking feral, man. You know, both of my parents have ha- had very lucrative careers as social workers, <laughs> thanks to this emphasis on the nuclear family. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's incredible sovereign powers to do no wrong yeah. and leave nobody a broken mess. <laughs> yeah. Honest to goodness. We have, um, at the moment, in this country and in uh, most of the world, where we're starting to look at these... Uh, these are issues of gender as a, as a social structure mm. rather than a biological reality. Mm. Um, so that is mostly sort of Western Europe and bits of America and, and, and Australia at the moment. It'll spread like wildfire, though, I suspect, once, once, uh, once the idea takes off. Mm. Incredibly high rates of self-harm and, uh, and, yeah. and uh, before the adolescent stage. Mm. You know, we're starting to see uh, children harming one another quite violently, at, you know, at, at a primary school level. Mm. But self-harm in children before they reach adolescence is mortifying thought. Yeah. And these loons are completely happy with that as yeah. long as the child doesn't adopt an unconventional gender identity. Yeah. Fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, it it really is. It really fucking is. I mean, what this- does Bill Shorten have to do to become <laughs> more popular than this man? <laughs> I don't know. But that's the fucking... This is the thing that seems incredibly <laughs> obvious to us. But I think it's just safe at this point to assume 100% of the time when some... Uh, right figure is talking about something to do with the quote-unquote culture war, 
you just just assume that they're committing that sin themselves, but in the opposite way, and that they're then projecting their insecurities onto other people. And because you start to see it for what it is, which is like idiocy and uh, insecurity and fear. And that's all this is. It's fucking gross. And it doesn't surprise me that much that there's enough of that in the base for Scott Morrison to, you know, say whatever and get popular off it. And you get this tedious argument of, oh, why can't we just let kids be kids? Like yeah. we've never done ever historically. Yeah, yeah. Children have the if the, the the very concept of having a primary school in the first place mm. destroys the notion of letting kids yeah. be kids. There's a few things to unpack there. <laughs> There's firstly, yeah, let them be kids. Let them be the kid that they are and yeah. not the kid that you want them to be. And then secondly, also, are you sure you want kids to be kids? Because they're the most chaotic <laughs> animals in the known universe. We have always sculpted the minds of our young people you mm. know that's it's like people who complain when governments do social engineering like yeah that's pretty much what government is yeah is social engineering for better or worse yeah and it's like being a parent is pretty much definitionally not letting your child be a child yeah in exactly. in, in this in the sense of you know free ranging it <laughs> yeah for every kid as well like in a youtube compilation where they're like I think that we should all just get along. And that that story about the white kid and the black kid who were friends and, like, thought they were identical. There's this weird, like, literalizing subtext thing that uh, internet people love where it's like, oh, they literally can't see colour. It's a literal thing. It's like something out of a Chekhov novel. It's like, <laughs> Chekhov play. It's like, fucking... Hold up, because for every one of them, there's also a kid like Sean from This in England. This is England going into a corner shop and being like, "Just fucking get him, you packy bastard!" What did you say? Get them, you filthy packy bastard! And it's like, fuck, they're monsters. They're pure id. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, because they have no sense of consequences. Yeah, all they all they're aware of is um, is immediacy. Mm. You know, terrible, terrible creatures left to their own devices, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and 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 will grow into worse ones if if left mm. to their own devices. This whole attitude towards raising children reminds me of that Louis Thoreau documentary where he goes to North Pole in Alaska, mm. and there's been like a, an abortive massacre at one of the schools. Yeah, and one of the kids that was involved in it, the his dad's sitting down with Louis, and he's like, "I don't understand where it came from." I don't let him wear his hat backwards. I don't let him listen to rap music. Yeah. He's in bed by half past eight. He's up at half past four. I don't understand where this came from. Like, (laughs) fucking hell. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally weird that your child would fucking want to kill things. (laughs) Yeah. You and Louis Thoreau had that. It was, it was the first time I'd seen the uh, the genuine Louis Thoreau calm panic look of like, mm. is this person going to eat me? Yeah. Will my BBC lanyard get me out of here <laughs> in one piece? <laughs> I have noticed it's losing its cachet of late. <laughs> yeah. I can hope only that he assesses the gaminess of my mate <laughs> and lets me go. It's it's a classic move, isn't it, of identity politics obsessives claiming that they're trying to protect people from identity politics. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to to fucking worry if a child has a transgendered identity. Mm. It's unless you're a 
you're wanting to be like a really accommodating paedophile. <laughs> and you're worried you won't be able to seduce it properly now. Yeah. I honestly can't understand why you would be distressed by yeah. the presence of a transgender, unless it was being an annoying child, which is a pretty reasonable yeah. expectation. Yeah, I'm not sure. The panic is that they're going to go in and create that, you know, you'll... That they're going to make people be transgender? Yeah, the but safe schools representative that. will show up with, you know, pink hair. Fundamentally fucking... not how it works. I don't, I'm no. not explaining that to you, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's like... <laughs> it's... It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It's wild. It's such a bizarre look into their. They're worrying what transgenderism is and what, like, sexuality is and stuff, and why, like, so many homophobes are just closeted gay people. Yeah. Yeah. Because, or, or fuckwits. Yeah. The ones that aren't closeted are just stupid, basically. Yeah. The gay panic thing. What's going to happen? If a guy touches you on the dick, what's honestly, what's going to happen? You'll, I mean, it's bad. He shouldn't touch you on the dick. You, you know, don't get well, sexual consent. But, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're not going to, is that license wake up in the fucking for a defense of anything? I always thought it was interesting that the gay panic defense was never accompanied by a just general hetero woman's defense yeah i mean that's that it, that's how you could Surely. tell that it was genuine if that were the case yeah. like it would be like all right well now it's just legal for now if women to murk dudes that yeah fucking if you get come your breast them. squeezed at a bar you yeah. can knife a guy <laughs> but it's yeah no they they're obviously just worried that if they let the gay guy get too close and Make physical cons- uh, contact. Maybe if a gay consciousness will go black, they'll wake up in your the village. Dick, it gives you trans sperm. Oh, so I hadn't thought about that. If you that's get logical, if you get gay, common sense. Then you pass on, yeah, some uh, some some influenced sperms <laughs> into the yeah. You never know into the fallopian tubes. Yeah. And you got to fucking. That's why you got to cut that shit out at schools because then that's a whole lifetime of sperms being influenced. What if prepubescent testes can be, like, mm. just flat-out corrupted oh, they're to like, only produce trans sperms? They're like stem gonads. Yeah. And they haven't yet associated. The wrong intellectual information yeah. could uh, somehow disrupt that really fundamental, non-rational part of the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. ScoMo is a piece of shit. How? <laughs> and we're not going to like get to into gay conversion therapy unless you want to. What is it? It's an hour and tw- twelve minutes. Yeah, we're we're in the twilight minutes. I mean, we don't have enough time left to discuss ScoMo's gay conversion therapy bullshit. Mm. But suffice it to say, this as a, as a leaving thought from me: nobody in human history has ever been talked into or out of a sexual identity. Yeah. That's not how it works. And any attempts to fuck around with people's sexual identity are going to end in abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. I don't know if you saw that Q and a thing or oh, not Q and a, what was it? The project where they had a nah, video from the, on the project. Yeah. Rightfully so. But they had uh, a video question for Scott Morrison from a trans girl, a young trans girl who was talking about how she'd been forced into conversion therapy and shit and lived through this trauma and stuff. 
And Scott Morrison is a piece of shit because he was like, I appreciate the question. And now to just restate my points without addressing the question at all. I don't think that somebody should come between me and my kids. Uh, if Unless that person is somebody that I'm hiring to traumatize them as part of a gay conversion therapy kind of thing. Because we all know that Morrison is fucking pro-conversion therapy. Essentially, yeah. He's a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. Uh, and you're 100% right. Don't fuck with your kids' heads like that. All right. Also, do research before disputing with psychiatrists and mm. mainstream psychological opinions. If I could proffer a bit of advice from my own experience, also do oh, research yeah. before recording episodes of podcasts. <laughs> That's just general. That's how I feel every day. Well, that's a uh, good night from me. And a good day from me. 